Welcome to Growth Amplifiers. I am Kenny Harper. Growth Amplifiers showcases ideas from the top business owners and entrepreneurs to inspire and empower you to thrive in your life, business, and achieve a higher purpose. I'll be sharing actionable insights you can apply towards your business in each session. Growth Amplifiers is dedicated to you, your success, and fulfillment. Get ready to amplify. Hey there, Amplifiers. Thanks for tuning in again. It is always about continuing to sharpen the saw and taking the actions to continually make those micro improvements and all those micro improvements add up through time. Uh, I just got done reading the book, Atomic Habits, which if you haven't read that book, it's a really great book. It talks about how even 1% improvement daily over a year's period of time will lead up to 37 times improvement over the course of a year which is huge. So we're going to be talking about what are the little things we could do to make those improvements in our overall results. And our guest today is a rock star professional who I'm glad to have joining in. Um, so Kelly, uh, she is with Totally Booked Up. She's the founder and uh, of Totally Booked and also the co-founder of Totally SEO. She's co-founder of Ideation, Think Ford and Leading Lady Machine Works and is a top 10 pro advisor in the world. She is a rock star professional um, and one of the top 50 cloud accountants in North America. So welcome to Growth Amplifiers, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, thank you for tuning in and sharing your insights. Uh, you know, yeah. you are out there making things interesting, changing perspectives in people's mind, and you do it in such a way that makes it fun. So yeah. I, I'd like to just start us off by just sharing a little bit about your background. What got you into this space in the first place? Sure. What got you into the accounting world? Uh, so I was working um, in a really crappy job, <laughs> uh, doing project management for a startup that I was super unhappy at. Um, and my aunt has actually been doing what I do. So she's a pro advisor for 35 years now. I always count backwards from when I was born. <laughs> um, and so she knew that I was unhappy. I wound up actually, so it was a mutual unhappiness. It was just who was going to call uncle. And I was fired from my job. Best day of my life. I was like, oh, so I called my aunt and I was like, thank God, like if this is over. I don't have to go back there ever again. And she said, great, I'm teaching a QuickBooks class next week. Why don't you make sure that you're there and we'll, you know, go from there. And she was like, I think you're going to be pretty good at this if you're interested in it and we'll, you know, take it step by step. So I went and I took the class. I got certified in QuickBooks desktop and then I went on to do their advanced class and kind of the rest is history. <laughs> I discovered QuickBooks online and I grew my practice and I met a lot of really cool people and I'm still here seven years later. So that is a great thing to point out because sometimes we, we all have, you know, the hills and valleys of being an entrepreneur. And sometimes it's, it's those setbacks that we've got to look at and reframe and see the gift in them, see the opportunities. Uh, so sometimes the door shuts, but in actuality that opens up another door. Exactly. Um, which is really awesome <laughs> exactly. that you, you uh, didn't, boo-hoo about it uh, and, and stay in, in that negative spot, you, you said, all right, I'm going to take this opportunity and, and make something good out of it. 
Um, yeah, it was. I mean, I was obviously very fortunate to be able to do that, and I was able to grow to full time within I think it was like three months, um, and then you know, obviously, eventually grow even further. But yeah, I I saw it as a blessing. So so you, now you've got multiple things <clears throat> that you've launched, and you're continuing to grow and facilitate. Uh, how, how did you get into that space to where like? You know, some people just say, I'm doing this one thing. This is the way I've always done it. And that's what I'm going to continue to do. And others maybe see things a little bit differently. And they say, you know what? I'm going to look to way, for ways to amplify. Look look for ways to create more value to those I serve. So how did that come to be? I think part of it is because it's not how I had always done it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't come from you know an entrepreneurial background, so to speak. My mm -hmm. mom worked for the city of New York. My dad um, drove for a private car service. And it was always, you know, tied to a job with benefits and this is what you do. You, you know, go to school and you're going to get a job and continue on that path. Um, so this was brand new to me. I, you know, working for myself, figuring out how to get leads in the door, how to speak to people, you know, to be able to make sales, essentially, you know, all of that. Um, marketing and all this was very, very, very new to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the other side of it was I... As I started to grow my company, I started to, um, like I said before, like meet some really cool people and start to make some connections. And um, it just kind of allowed me to kind of, I'm not going to say spread myself out, but spread myself between the different things that I like to do. Um, right. So I obviously bookkeeping and accounting was where I started. And so all of my businesses, the other ones that I'm co-founders, co-founder in mm -hmm. are linked back to accounting in some way. Um and so it just kind of let me, I guess, ancillary, if you will. But then also everything kind of leads back to Totally Booked, which is my, you know, still my main company, so to speak. Um, so I would say it's the connections that I need. And then also realizing that starting a company, which I found to be very intimidating in the very beginning, mm -hmm. um, but I was fortunate that it went really well. It wasn't as intimidating to do it again especially when I had now somebody else co-founding with me. And, and that's, you know, a, a cool idea there is, all right, so you're already providing value to your customer, but then mm -hmm. thinking, well, how can I create a win-win here? How can I create more value and also elevate value back to me, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one of the concepts behind growth amplifiers is let's look for ways to collaborate. It's like we all play different instruments and finding out, all right, who has playing a different instrument that could, they could complement and harmonize with with what I'm doing and create yeah. a win-win-win. Everyone wins. Well, it's, uh, um, was it rising tide raises all boats? I've mm -hmm. never seen my peers as competition, um, especially, I mean, we're in different industries. Like within accounting, we all service different industries. We do things differently, um, run our businesses differently, different locations, regions, et cetera. So, you know, niche, not to niche. It's I've just never looked at it like, you know, the people in the room with me are in competition. It's a smart thing to do too. the abundance mindset. Uh, and you, you'll find that the most successful people tend to have abundance mindsets. Uh, so yeah. it, I think it's initially it's, it's easy to kind of get caught up in the scarcity mindset. Well, what if I, what if I give out my business and then other people take it away? Or what if I niche and then I, I can't quite get enough right. business, which is a good segue to one of the big three for today, um, niching <laughs> your business the pros and cons, and then how I might go about doing that. So I've been asking this question and 
I'm trying to get into the mindset of should you niche or should you not niche? And what is your thought, Kelly? What is your thought to this? So I wouldn't say that we niche necessarily um, or niche, depending on where you're located. Uh, So I wouldn't say that I niche necessarily. We do specialize in some industries, Mm -hmm. specifically uh, e-commerce. So as I started to grow into this virtual practice, I was using a lot of online tools and I'm learning different ways for, you know, apps to kind of come in and make some of the, um, I guess the roles easier and just do things more efficiently. And I was getting, you know, a lot of leads for e-commerce and I was like, "Mm, no, 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 I don't. (laughs) Um, And then I decided to take some classes on it and actually embrace it rather than try to like go against the grain. Mm -hmm. And ironically, one of the businesses that I co-founded now has an Etsy shop. So we do have an e-commerce factor in there. Um, And so I embraced it and it wasn't, it wasn't what I thought it was, right? So like I was scared of things like, oh, sales tax and Nexus and all these other stuff that I was like really scared of. Um, But there are companies that specialize in that stuff. So I know that I don't have to be um, an expert in every single aspect of, so to speak, Mm -hmm. but I can be the expert in what I do and I can connect to the other companies that are gonna do the other parts that let's say we don't handle. Um, So use it like utilizing apps, utilizing other services, just kind of made it a lot easier to focus in that industry. Um, And then aside from that, professional services. So anyone that's doing consulting, um, I've done stuff for like social workers, therapy office, stuff like that. Um, Anyone that's doing, you know, one-on-one training, coaching, basically professional services runs runs the gamut, so to speak. Uh, But I would say those are our two specialties and e-commerce took some learning to mm-hmm. go about it that way but it was worth it because now i'm also getting you know i guess a steady stream of leads in that area and, and that's kind of one of the the benefits there right because when you know the industry and you could say not only do i just service them but i i, I can also make more contacts yes. and connect people and be a better resource and, and speak their language speak their language get to understand their challenges get to understand what are the things that they're striving to do yeah. Uh, it's it's so much easier to have that conversation and really provide value versus, uh, you know, if you if you did business with every type of business there possibly was, while yeah. you, technically it could, it becomes a little challenging uh, to to provide that insight and be the some people yeah and business. some people don't see the value in um, I'm gonna say some accountants don't and then also some small business owners don't. But some people don't see the value in understanding the business mm-hmm. when it comes to the numbers. They think like numbers are numbers. It doesn't matter. But there are other aspects of what goes on to your books and how they get how those things get there mm-hmm. that are going to make the difference. You know, so like e-commerce, I know that deposits are not to not typically just revenue. Right. But a lot of people would just go in and oh, add that as revenue and just go about their day. So there's like different ways to look at things. Um that you start to understand and you start to learn from working in that one specific industry. So it, it you get stronger with focus. And I guess like if you look at the most, some of the highest paid people there, they're really niche experts, right? Um, yeah. And because they can get in deep and really understand those challenges. Uh, so so that's the, the number one. And we're gonna move to the question number two. And obviously everyone only has 24 hours in a day. We only have seven days a week and they seem to fire by quickly. And so we've, we've got to be focused on 
what can we do to be more efficient and effective so that we're leveraging our time? And just curious to know what has worked for you when it comes to leveraging your time? You obviously are generating some really cool businesses and brands, and you can't do that if you're not really effective with your time. So what has worked for you? Um, Time blocking, (laughs) like as simple as that might sound, uh, time blocking and keeping track is probably the two biggest ones. And I don't do tracking by way of um, like charging from charging by the hour, charging for my time, Mm -hmm. but I do keep track of it for myself. Mm-hmm. I use a tool called Timeular, and I'll send you a link after, but it's this little um, cube where you flip it over into which activity or which, in my case, which company I'm working in, what activity I'm working on. Um, and it kind of gives me a visual aspect of what my time looks like. So it builds out a chart where I can see where am I spending the most time, um, where am I wasting the most time, am I spending too much time on, you know, if I'm working from home, did I run downstairs and do the dishes and walk the dog, did I lose two hours thinking that it was 20 minutes, um, stuff like that, it started to show me where my day was going. And also with the time blocking, it's okay, I have a set amount of time for this activity or this company or whatever it is that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. And then I'll take like an intermission to go walk the dog and then come in and start on something else. So it's allowing me to focus in those areas, you know, rather mm-hmm. than um, trying to switch gears constantly. Cause like when you're working on something, let's say you take a call and now your brain is, you know, over here somewhere and you need to go back to this other thing. It's really hard to kind of get back into it. Hey there, this is Kenny from Growth Amplifiers, here to ensure you get your awesome ideas into action to grow and improve your business and achieve your full potential. Take the first step by visiting growthamplifiers.com and clicking the Start Here button. Take the assessment to get your personalized score. Then select from free resources to learn how to improve your score. Don't wait. Be proactive and take action now by visiting growthamplifiers.com and clicking the Start Here button. And always keep on amplifying. Now. Let's get back to the show. I think that's really worth noting because people may have heard, oh, time blocking. I've heard of that before. And I'll remind people, it doesn't matter what you know or what you heard before. It matters with the actions that you're taking. And more importantly, if you're getting the results. So if you're not quite really being as efficient as you'd like to with your time, if it gets away from you, then you need to look and say, well, what can I do to improve and be more aware of where you're putting your time where those distractions are coming into play, uh, they all add up. Like you said, you, can, you get uh, into yeah. a flow state. <laughs> you get into a flow state. Is um, You got a little comment coming in from Manny Torres. Um, getting into a flow is very important. Yeah. And, then, and I know that's that's just easy to do. We let, oh, this call comes in. Oh, someone's going to interrupt and ask a question. Oh, we've got this email. It looks urgent. we got to jump on. Mm-hmm. Oh, social media buzz. Before you know it, you just lost an hour. And maybe you didn't get anything done. And then it's easy to say, oh, I, I couldn't get to the most important thing because I didn't have the time for it. Right. Right. So Kelly, it's being not militant, but being somewhat strict about it. So putting your phone on do not disturb or only having set hours for when your clients can call in, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um and like I said, that switching gears, I make sure to kind of walk away, go get a glass of water, walk the dog, whatever it might be. Um, so that when I come back, I'm like, okay, now we're working on this other thing. Uh, because if I try to just all over the place, it doesn't work. <laughs> yes. It can get like, you know, the computer program trying to do 20 different things at the same time. Eventually it starts getting a little, 
uh, slow. Yep, <laughs> so, you run out of RAM. <laughs> so uh, we got one more question in the big three, and then we go into the rapid fire. So this is okay. attracting ideal customers. What has worked for you? And the distinction I'll make is I, I talk with a lot of people in this space, and they say, oh, I get a, a lot of my business through referrals, which is great. Referrals are great, but sometimes referrals aren't getting ideal clients. And so if people were to look at their clients and rate them A, B, and C, uh, they would have a lot of Bs and Cs and maybe not a lot of As because they're not getting their ideal clients. So with that distinction, um, what has worked for you for attracting ideal clients? Uh, so probably about year two, I decided mm -hmm. that I wanted to stretch beyond referrals. Um, and I started looking into how I could get more leads in um, just from more locations, you know, spread out a little bit further, uh, different industries, just kind of figure out what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I learned a lot about SEO. So the majority of my leads actually come in from Google or actually Google and my QuickBooks um, find a pro advisor site because both are set up for SEO. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was made sure to, you know, make sure I had reviews that they could find um, on Google, reviews that they could find through QuickBooks, um, anything that would obviously put me in a positive light. Uh, and then I started blogging and that was the biggest one. So my blogs, if you take a look, are fairly simple. You know, why do you need a bookkeeper? Why do you need an accountant? What's a, you know, a bookkeeper versus a CPA? Stuff that um, small business owners would typically be Googling. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that actually allowed me to grow my business even faster because now I was reaching a much broader audience. Um, and the benefits are still there. I still post a blog a week. I still make sure to, um, you know, update my profile and make sure I ask for reviews when I have a new client, stuff like that. Um, and that, I mean, the other side of that too is, you know, I have a questionnaire when they come through my website, I can see almost immediately if they're an ideal client or not. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, depending on let's say it's industry or how they answer the questions that we put on there. Uh, but that, I would say those two things were the biggest blogging, which was a big one and the questionnaire helping me narrow down to who I wanted to work with. Well, and I have checked out your blog and I have, it actually is something I'm promoting here in a moment, but that is, is actually what I really like about your blog is you're talking about the right things. What do your ideal customers um, have in their minds? What are their interests? So a mistake, if you're into the accounting world, if you're tuning in, a mistake that I commonly see is talking too much in your industry. Maybe talking about software or automation or taxes or whatever. Products and AP and AR. Right. <laughs> It's going over people's heads. That's not what they want. They're not in that industry. They don't even understand what you're saying. And I used to do the same thing once upon a time when mm -hmm. I was talking about marketing. I'd be talking about down in the trenches sort of stuff. And people would be like, I don't know. I know it attract other marketers, actually. Right. <laughs> so so that's, that's a really good point. So really understanding, providing things using everyday language, yeah. uh, recommendations, everyday language, and just being of value. And then as people lean in and they say, oh, that's that was helpful. And then maybe you, you, you point out something that is helpful for somebody to take into consideration. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're getting ready to go into lightning round. Are you ready? Okay. I so hope what, so. What is I'm this nervous. thing? Okay. <laughs> All right. So this is just, we're going to see if, if you can share some of your picks for some of these things. If you have something that comes top of mind. And we're trying to see if we can get something that's maybe a little bit less 
um, a little bit more individual or unique. So you just shared one earlier. Yeah. So, <laughs> so good. You already got one in there. So tool for saving time. Timeular.com is a pretty cool thing. Check it out. It's worth looking into. So look, you already got one down. Yay. <laughs> yeah. All right. What do we have next? Oh, goodness. So a book or a magazine. Uh, so something that you're reading, something you find efficient or effective. Um, am, I, am I allowed to curse? Probably one of my favorites was um, sure, go for it. <laughs> get ish done. I'm not sure if I want to curse on this. So, <laughs> okay. uh, and I listened to the audiobook and kind of yells at you a little bit. And it's like, all right, get it together. And that was probably one of my biggest motivators. Um, oh, another one was uh, Marie Forleo. Everything is figure outable. Also a big fan of that one. All right. So get poo done. Yeah. Get things done with a curse word in the middle. <laughs> And the other one was which one? Marie Forleo. It's called um, "Everything Is Figure Outable." All right, thank you. So those are books, and here's here's the thought. You know, if you're tuning in, check out one of those books. It's definitely worth picking up something. You get a new perspective, and if you just gain one idea that helps you put a little bit more pep in your step or uh, be get past a roadblock or a bottleneck that you're having then it'd be totally worth your time yeah um now we're looking for an event or conference is there an event that you've attended or conference that you're like hey this is really cool and be worth checking i out? think yeah so i'm speaking at accounting web in san diego in may um and quickbooks connect is probably my favorite of the year always in november uh, typically in San Jose, hopefully in person this year. Uh, so those would be two that I'm looking forward to. And then also just in general, my favorite. Wow. What's the first one? Accounting web. Accounting web? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're doing a live summit. Uh, they rented out like a whole island resort in San Diego. So oh, that's uh, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I have to check, check out that. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of San Diego. Went there for traffic and conversion. Oh, nice. Um, I'm a certified digital marketer, trainer, and advisor. And it was my first time out this past fall. So, oh, really very cool. cool. Checking it out. I went to the zoo and oh. a time to go to the zoo and see some of the animals there. Kind of a zoo I have not gone to the zoo. The last time I went when I was in San Diego, like on vacation, I did go to SeaWorld. That was it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, we've got one here in Florida. So, I'm going Oh East yeah, Coast. actually, my mom's in Florida, and she—I got her a season pass for SeaWorld. She was very excited. Yes, and all right. So now we're looking. Um, just got a couple more left: podcast or YouTube show or something of that nature. Um, for the podcast, YouTube. uh, duh, growth amplifiers. <laughs> uh, yes. But then also, <laughs> um, <laughs> there's one called uh, "Beautiful Disasters," I think it is, and it's a—it's a show about um. Basically, companies that were doing so, so, so well, and then they made, like, it's one decision, and it was, like, a change of staff or something, change of the head of the company, and they made this one change, and it was, like, and now we're done. Um, so, kind of sad, I guess, overall, uh, but also really, like, a good listen. So, that that is a, an interesting thing. Sometimes little tweaks can can really yeah. big differences well really so i'm um, not to give the show away but sure. the one that i think like held me the most was blockbuster versus netflix because 
pot, like Blockbuster was winning the race. And I never knew this. I thought, you know, they just went from video and that was it. But they were winning the digital race and they changed, I think it was CEOs. And he was like, no, we're going to stick with DVDs and we're going to go that route. <laughs> and I was like, what? And if you listen to it, he made the decision out of spite for the, like, the guy in his position before. And it's like, oh my goodness. So like this whole company rallied behind you and it was the wrong decision. Oh my gosh. That's, and it, it really just changed everything. Yeah, you're, you're right. That's incredible. We're, so we're looking at the, the last thing we've got is uh, influencer or thought leader, maybe somebody that might be a good guest for the show, but somebody who you find when it comes to this industry, and, and whether it's advisory or accounting. And so it's weird because I have like, I feel like a lot of them are my friends. <laughs> um, so I just interviewed Allison Ball for my um, quarterly webinar, which is really fun. Um, and she's in the accounting industry and she also helps other influencers, which I think is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to be friends with so many people in the space. Sure. Um, Cheryl Martin comes to mind, Nicole Davis, uh, Niall Carter-Gray. Um, good friends of mine, like Jacob Schroeder, Linda Andersani. Um, I've been able to speak at, you know, Scaling and Heights, Joe Woodard. Like, I guess a lot of them come to mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I can say, thankfully, most of them are, you know, actual friends of mine, which is great. Um, I myself do some influencer work. So it's like a weird position to be in naming other influencers. Because I also sure. feel like the word influencer is so weird sometimes. Um, but thought leaders, if you will. Thought leaders. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so excellent. Well, that's that's cool. It's kind of like doing that little shout out, and yeah. um, <laughs> and and as we're wrapping up today, one of the ways that we in the show is it's just thinking about just an amplifier action, something that you've learned on your journey. You've shared some great knowledge, but something that you've mm -hmm. learned on your entrepreneurial journey that's been really helpful, and maybe can help someone else on theirs. It doesn't have to be related to anything that you do, but it could be if you want. So yeah. Um. So my I think my go-to advice is always to be authentic. In the very beginning, I was trying to be what everyone told me I was supposed to be, whether it was uh, dress a certain way, act a certain way, look a certain way, do your hair a certain way, et cetera. Um, and all I found that those things were very distracting from me actually being good at what I was doing because I was always worried about what I was supposed to be doing or how I was supposed to act. Um, once I started just being myself, I you know, colored my hair, wore my t-shirts and jeans and sneakers, and nobody cared, by the way. I was like, oh, whatever. Um, I was much more focused on growing my business. I was able to really like get into my work. I was not uncomfortable. I was able to speak to people more authentically. And just authenticity, I think, all around is probably one of the best sales tools you can have. And it's hard for some people. So it's something that some people have to work on. Uh, but once I started, you know, telling my story and actually being myself, I was much more successful in you know, closing leads and um, creating more opportunities for speaking and training and speak and, you know, being at these conferences and doing that kind of stuff. So I always say, be yourself. I mean, it, it's going to come through eventually. I feel like you can't fight it for very long. So it's going to come through and just embrace it. I love that. And that's yeah. something that I've been trying to uh, shine out myself for, because a lot of people think, you know, marketing or sales is like a bad thing. Put yourself out there or have to push your sales on someone. 
But really good marketing simply is just sharing, hey, um, if you have this challenge or want this result, mm -hmm. I can help you with it. And mm -hmm. a good sales message is, is getting to understand someone's challenge and then, again, sharing that you can help them with it. And if you mm -hmm. do it authentically, it's it feels better. It works better. So Absolutely. It's, it's all about relationships. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm not good at <clears throat> I'm not good at marketing. Frog, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Let's try this again. <laughs> so if you're thinking about marketing or sales, I'm not good at it. Just think for a moment that you've been doing it your whole life. Just be mm -hmm. yourself. Let your inner light shine. And that will be all you need to do. Yeah. So what am I trying to get here? Um, yes. So if you're interested in learning more about Kelly, um, as mentioned, she has a great blog on our website, totallybooked.nyc. Uh, some really helpful, practical blogs. Uh, I thought they were really personable and right to the point. So you can go to these, check them out, and, <clears throat> and make sure that you're you're learning some things that would be helpful for you as you continue to go on your journey. So that's what we have today. Uh, thank you so much, Kelly, for showing up and oh, giving your giving your insights to go with amplifiers. We do appreciate it. And Thank I look you. forward to connecting with you again out there in the real world. Yeah. To show your support, take a moment to amplify this message by sharing it online. To connect with me or gain more business growth insights, visit www.growthamplifiers.com. Thank you for your support.